0: YW News Radio Original Podcasts Work is one of the biggest stressors in our lives, but it is something we all have to do. When you're up against a deadline, your boss is putting pressure on you, and you just don't know how to get it all done, how do you get through it? Now, there's been a shift in how people think about work over the past few years. Things like quiet quitting, working remotely, or asking for certain benefits, making a job work for you. It comes down to protecting your mental health while at work, and Jeanette Bronet has written a book about just that.
1: What burns us out isn't so much that we're working too much. It is that we're worrying too much and feeling that we don't have agency.
0: The book is called The Self-Care Mindset, and it talks about how we can get our work done and prioritize our mental health.
1: This is a paradigm shift. It's really a, a really different way of thinking about supporting
0: people. I'm Matt Leon, and today on KYW News Radio In-Depth, I talk with Jeanette about what self-care at work really means, what to do when your boss is creating extra stress, and how to find meaning in your job. So in the definition of the workplace, when we talk about self-care, how exactly would you kind of define it? What kind of falls under the umbrella of self-care at work?
1: So often we think of self-care as taking time out. And at work, that's not really possible. We are there to be at work. And this idea that we need to take more breaks. Yes, we need to take more pauses. But what we really need to do is pause more so that we can get more in touch with how we think. So I think of self-care how we think how we engage with ourselves by asking questions internally. We are asking questions all day long. Are they productive or not? And therefore, how we make decisions and choices and show up and act in our behaviors that come. Because so much comes from the way we think. And that is also a big part of how stress manifests. It's how we respond to our environment. And I think the most self-caring we can be is Supporting ourselves in how we think with more, as you can say, strategy and on purpose every single day, but also with more care instead of stress.
0: So kind of take me through like a work day. How should one approach it keeping self-care kind of, if not front and center, near the top of the list?
1: Yes. So I think of it as a mindset that we have with us all the time. And it's really the foundation for, as I said, how we think, how we engage and how we act. And so one of the things we can do is we can set intentions in the morning when we start. We can sort of take a moment to just look at what is it that I need to do today and what do I need so that I can support myself in doing that today? And that may be a structure. It may be here are some pauses I need to put in so that I have a a small break between meetings so that I can allow my mindset to shift from one thing to the other. A lot of times we run back to back to back to back to back to back. And our mind is either trailing behind or rushing forward. And so often we're missing the actual conversation we're in. I don't know about you, but if you're talking to somebody, half the time you might actually be thinking about something else and you're like, wait, what did you say? And so there's a lot of this that's going on, especially when we're under stress, because one of the things that happen when we're under stress is our mind is hijacked. So what we need throughout the day is find moments where we can allow our nervous system to pause and slow down a little bit. It could be a simple exhale for a minute, just inhaling and exhaling for a minute, and just making sure that we have some structure to our day where we support ourselves in coming out of survival mode, because most of us are already in survival mode by the time we start the day. We're already thinking of all the things we might not be able to achieve. And I want to point out that we think of stress as all the things we have to do, but they're very often all the things we think we will not get done. And so can we structure it? We can maybe do some time blocking and maybe we can uh, have some times where we say these are the moments there I will manage my attention in such a way that I actually feel that I have agency over my day. There's a lot of things that what burns us out isn't so much that we're working too much. It is that we're worrying too much and feeling that we don't have agency. So how do we pause throughout the day and look at these structures, this support system that says, okay, if I need to be at my best, Well, what do I need so that I can be at my best? So I think it's part how do we take care of our bodies and the basic, basic things that we need. We might need to stretch in between and so on and so forth. So can we give a little space for that in the structure of how we start our day, looking at our day from the intention of, well, what do I need to get done today? And what do I need so I can get it done rather than, oh, my God, I don't have time for anything today, which is very often how we start. And so really important how we enter with the intention of solving problems and asking what do I need so I can do that, putting that into place through what are the breaks and pauses that will allow me to ground myself in coming back to that intention so I can fuel and manage my attention.
0: And it seems to me when it comes to those pauses and kind of I get maybe resets would be another way to look at it. Maybe not so much what you do, but just the fact that you do it. For some people, maybe it could be just a an exhale and staring yeah. off into the into the distance for ten, fifteen seconds. Maybe other people need a walk around the office or or need to just go to the bathroom and look into the mirror or something. You know, that maybe it's important to kind of find your pace with what works for you.
1: Yeah, and I think you need different things at different times because we're faced with different challenges. And so I think a lot of times too, we think of self care as this routine. But I think of it as how do we respond in the moment to the challenges we have by supporting ourselves and being stronger in our mindset and in our sort of emotional agility in that moment as well. And, And so a lot of times what we find is that the way we ask questions occupies the most of our mind. So a lot of times the way we try to solve problems is by asking questions. And those questions when we're under stress are very often, why am I not able to do this? Why is this not working? Why is this not happening? And so it becomes we become what I call why nutters. And if we ask the question, why is something not happening? We are telling our attention to focus on that and we get stuck in the pothole of what's not working. And so as we are under stress, we're already driven by the negativity bias because we want to try to feel safe. And so that makes us even more stressed because the questions we're asking ourselves are actually steering us into the problem deeper. And so can we pause for a moment and say, hmm, I realize this is not working. And then pause for that moment and say, what do I need so I can make it work? Now, we're shifting the question. It's just a question. It's very simple and yet it's not easy. I will say that, but it needs that pause that says, hmm, I'm recognizing how I'm thinking right now. I'm thinking about all the things that are not working. I'm why nodding myself. I'm blaming myself. I'm, I'm really, you know, getting down on all of the problems. If I pause for a moment and say, okay, what am I really trying to achieve here? Why does it matter? Why does it matter to me? Why do I care about it? Why do, I, why do my customers care about it? Whoever we're serving, why does it matter? And then what do I need so I can achieve that? Now that's the problem we will solve in our head. And now we're kicking into the what I call the more growth mindset, the constructive, the collaborative mindset that says, oh, okay, how, how can we figure out how to get there? And so basically it's an understanding of how the mind works. And it's really powerful when we can pause for a moment and just acknowledge that and taking back our thoughts and make them work better for us by simply asking a question that directs us towards what are we trying to solve? Where are we trying to go?
0: And it seems to me specifically in the U.S., and correct me if I'm wrong, but we are awful at this. You know, you talked about that survival mode earlier where you're just yeah. careening from one, maybe crisis is too strong a word, but from one situation to the next. And, and it's not just that we're terrible at it. I think a lot of places it's built into the cake that that's how they want you to be working. So yes. in addition to kind of that, when we talk about this self-care, it's kind of a two-way street because the people in charge need to kind of understand how this could be beneficial in the big picture, too. And they don't think you're just off wandering around.
1: Yes, because that, that that is a very, very important point that you're bringing up. And that's why I say we need to be a more care-driven culture rather than a fear-driven culture. So a lot of performance is based on, oh, my God, if I don't hit my goals, I'm in trouble. But if we can shift collectively and saying, okay, if we hit our goals, what is the possibility of the impact that has on the people we serve? Or, you know, how do we get there together? How do we support each other to get there? And how do we do this collectively? And, And so when we're driven by fear and stress, we're very often in this competitive mindset because we're in our own survival driven. I need to succeed because if not you know, what's going to happen to me? And this, this is a really, unfortunately, there are still many leaders that are using this fear driven mindset to drive up performance, thinking that that's how people perform at their best. It's not, it's just how they work harder because they're trying to make sure they're not getting fired. And it's really not driving the best decisions because we're solving, we're, pick, we're fixing potholes. To make sure we don't get in trouble, it's actually just making us do what we've always done and try to run faster to get it done. But it's also where mistakes are made and it's where people stop caring about the outcome because they're just, you know, trying to make sure they don't get caught doing something wrong. And that's the responsibility of a leader to start catching people in what they're doing right so that we can build towards that. And and leaders asking people, what do you need so you can achieve that? Right. And so a lot of times the leader will say, why is this not done? And immediately we go into a defensive conversation where the person will say, well, I didn't get it done because of all of this. Well, we're wasting time discussing why it wasn't done, because the problem we're trying to solve is get it done. And so leaders are very much in this responsibility of also their mindset being stuck in stress. And it's very much part of this fear that we're not going to achieve our goals
0: we need to take a break. We will have more with author Jeanette Bronet right after this. This is KYW News Radio In-Depth. And we are back on KYW News Radio In-Depth, continuing our conversation about self-care at work with author Jeanette Bronet. So it would seem to me one of the biggest challenges to really being able to take advantage of this and do this correctly is you have to be in an environment that fosters it because – You could try to do what you're discussing, which makes a ton of sense, but if the person above you doesn't agree with it or doesn't want to buy into it and wants to lean on those fear tactics and and scare tactics and stuff like that, how do you approach that challenge that you're trying to do A, but the person leading you wants B? Yeah,
1: it's, it's a very normal challenge that there's not a buy-in from leadership because this is, this is a paradigm shift. It's really a a really different way of thinking about supporting people. Um, And yet we can do it on our own because we can pause, take a breath and realize that right now we're being triggered by our boss telling us we're not doing it right. So we can take that moment and be like, okay, I realize right now that I'm really triggered. I'm being told I'm doing it wrong. What do I need so that I can feel a little bit more confident? And maybe we can ask our leader back, okay, well, what will make you happy with this solution? What is it? Do you think I'm doing wrong? What are you suggesting I can do differently? Instead, we tend to just run off and be like, okay, 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 I'll do it. And we can find our own sort of center and ground ourselves a little bit more. It's a big ask. I know that. But if we can even just be kinder to ourselves and this is not about going into this mindset of going, oh, my boss is so, you know, stupid for lack of a better word, or so, you know, he doesn't get it. Like we're already wasting time there. So we can help ourselves manage our attention in that moment by not also getting sucked into all that inner dialogue about, oh, my boss isn't getting it and I'm doing my best, and come back home and say, okay, I realize that. the the way I'm doing this is not appreciated or I'm not meeting the expectations. What do I need so that I can feel a little bit more confident in asking more questions, speaking up, or how do I solve this problem differently? We can actually in that moment where we're feeling like we're being pushed, we actually can come in and be a little bit more mindful that we don't beat ourselves up and blame ourselves or anyone, And just focus on getting to it. That said, there are a lot of people that induce stress on other people. And not everybody can get out of that situation. In that moment, it's probably having support from other people, going to a team member and saying, wow, I'm really feeling anxious about this. And even just acknowledging that we're feeling anxious about it can be a relief. And so that's where we come back to, well, how am I feeling in there? For the first part is how, we, how am I thinking? Am I the inner critic blaming myself? How can I be my inner coach asking what I need? How am I feeling and how can I use that as information? If I'm feeling really anxious, what do I need so I can be more confident? A lot of people think that anxiety and calm down is the same thing. It's not. Anxiety and feeling more in control, that's the antidote to it, right? So the way we ask that question instead of telling ourselves, oh, you'll be fine. I don't know about you, but that has never helped me if I'm just telling myself, oh, will be fine. I don't really know that I believe that. But if I'm telling myself, hmm, really anxious about this, what do I need so that I can feel a little bit more in control of it? Now we're again helping ourselves. We become that inner coach, but we're using our emotions as information rather than rejecting ourselves and and just thinking that we should just snuff it up and you know, having a conversation with someone else can trigger the how do we figure this out? And and that's where that openness, um, some call, it, call call it vulnerability, but I think there's an edge of vulnerability that it's something that we can't handle. When really vulnerability to me is more about being honest with ourselves about how we feel and then using that as information. I call it facing the FUD, the fear, uncertainty and doubt, because we all have it. We might as well be honest about it.
0: Is it possible that you can go too far with what you're saying? And what I mean is there are certain things in every job you you have to be able to do it. Like, you know, we often point the finger at at management that like we've talked about here. But there's also responsibility on you in your role as well. And could this lead to maybe some big picture? Is this right for me? Maybe this is not what I thought it was going to be. And maybe I should look for something else. And I know that a lot of times that's a luxury people don't have, but in a perfect world here, you know, because there is some responsibility on you in your role that you have to be able to meet certain benchmarks and, and get to where you need to go.
1: Yes. There's two things in this. One is that we very often misunderstand mindfulness as calming down and taking time out. But mindfulness is really one, one focus, like single single focus on something, right? And that is this, we, our intention reclaims our attention. If our intention is to solve a problem, we will figure out how to solve it. That's how we get into that flow state where we're actually performing optimally. So there is that sense of like, yes, we can take mindfulness and, and pauses to the extent of I need more time out. And maybe we do sometimes to recover for sure. But in the workplace, we can use this to actually optimize the way we focus and manage our attention in such a way that we are actually working better. So there's this don't make it about taking more breaks and pauses for the sake of taking more breaks and pauses. Use those breaks and pauses to optimize how you are you are thinking and checking in with how you're feeling so that it doesn't just because becomes this sort of like. Wait, everybody's taking breaks all the time. You know, yes, a coffee break is great because that's where we connect with people and we start talking to them about other things that can help us solve problems. We all know that stepping away from a problem sometimes inspire us to solve it, especially engaging with other people about it. So that coffee break might not just be a relaxation. Maybe that is a constructive, creative conversation. Um, so that, that's, that's part of it is yes, we can take it too far when we misunderstand what it really means. So I call it power pausing. So there's a pause, but there's also power pausing. And the power pausing is that moment where we ask ourselves what we need so that we can. And we're actually actively engaging with how we're thinking and how we're feeling and thereby taking responsibility for it. And then also communicating that and expressing ourselves, speaking up and saying, so this is what I need so I can get this done. Is there a way we can figure this out? And so now I call it the care framework, the inner communication, inner awareness, inner responsibility and then self-expression. And so when we can think of it that way, care doesn't become this mushy, cute, you know, we have to take more care of each other. Care becomes really what drives us as human beings. And yes, sometimes we need to leave a toxic environment because they might not care about people. There are many, there are many cultures right now that think that caring for people is enough by having, you know, good benefits and so on and so forth. But it's the daily interaction, it's the daily conversations, it's the daily collaboration, it's the communication, the way things are being communicated, the way we ask questions, that's a culture of care. That's how we show people that we care about them. And so that's the shift that we need to realize is that caring for people and thinking we have a good culture is not enough.
0: I think you used the term paradigm shift earlier in our conversation because I really think after the pandemic, although we're still technically in it, but I think a lot of people kind of took a step back and looked at their work and said – do I really need to be doing twelve hours a day? Do I really need to commute two hours to do this job that I'm miserable at anyway? So it seems to me taking this type of thought process to kind of this reimagining of what work should mean to us could really be helpful in find in helping people find something that they really find fulfilling. Mm.
1: I, I, I think you're putting a, you're pointing on something very very important there. So one of the things I talk about in my book is how our relationship with self affects our relationship with other people, and it also affects our relationship with work. And very often we think about separating those things out, but they're really actually integrated because we want to be successful at work. That's part of our human drive. We want to feel that we're included in our relationship with other people. That's part of our human drive. All of those things are part of our self-care and it's part of our relationship with self it's it's intertwined and interconnected so one of the things that i focus on is saying we need work life quality which is about cultivating better relationships and so when we're looking at work from the perspective of i'm doing work that i don't care about that means we don't feel that it matters to us it's not either the company Values are not aligned with our own values, or we don't feel we have agency in our own work because maybe we're being micromanaged and we're not being asked, how would you solve this problem? So there's many reasons for why we think that we're just on the hamster wheel every single day and just working harder and faster, and I also know there's a lot of pressure on people right now between layoffs and and more demands on everyone. And I think that's why it's so much more important that we pause and say, what's the best way to stall this? because if we're just trying to run faster, we will not be able to keep going. So there there is we we need to pause for a moment and all of us ask, well, what is work for other than making money? And how do we then, use the best of our human advantage which is that we can care on purpose with purpose we can sit down and says why does this matter and 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 what do i need to do and this can sound very privileged but when i was working with um my first job it was at a porcelain factory and I was very upset because I was sent to the warehouse and it was the best experience I've ever had because I was like, well, I'm supposed to be in marketing. Why are you sending me to the, to the warehouse? But it was actually one of my best experiences because I realized that collectively what they cared about was getting the orders to the customers on time without breaking stuff because it was porcelain. And so people would help each other. They would say, hey, what do you need? Because they knew that as a team, it was a collective effort. And it doesn't have to be these high changing the world kind of what matters. Sometimes it's just that matters. Somebody can be stacking shelves in the store and actually liking that they're lined up because they have a certain OCD and they like things being lined up. And a lot of times they're not even being praised for that. We don't like me as a customer. When I see somebody stacking shelves, I say, thank you for caring. That's what I say to people. And they smile and they realize You know, because it matters that they care about that because I, as a customer, can find it. So we know we need to look at this. Why does it matter in a little bit more of a daily? What do we care about rather than this idea that it has to have a big purpose?